Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? I'm JT. I'm so excited to be with you. If you're watching at one of our many, many vacation locations across the Southeast, we're so honored that you're spending your time with us online or through our Roku channel, however you're joining us. As we get started, I do want to pause for a moment and just ask for your prayers. This weekend, I came face to face with one of my greatest fears, and I'm still in the recovery process of that. If we could, we have a picture of it right behind us. There it is. There it is. We had a house full of eight and nine-year-old, overly sugared, over-hyper, loud, sometimes obnoxious girls celebrating my daughter's nine-year-old birthday. She turns nine this next week and uh, so excited about that. But her birthday party was this weekend. I took out the trash. I came back in and I came face to face with this great monster behind me. And so uh, we're still recovering. They kept us up till two, three in the morning, but it is all good. So if I have bags under my eyes, if I'm a little bit slow in, in, in my speech, you understand why. If you could just open up your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1. We'll follow along here uh, in a moment. We're going to start this Joshua generation. But we're going to ask that question, what do you fear the most? Maybe it's not a house full of eight and nine-year-old crazy, overly sugared kids. But maybe it's something uh, quite a bit more serious than that. Maybe it's you know, something within your relationship that just seems to be on the rocks. Or maybe it's something within your job that just isn't clicking. It isn't going the right way. Maybe it's your finances are really giving you trouble right now. Or, or like all of us, we just have a great fear of failure. Whatever it may be, we're going to address that today and talk through it. Our theme verse for this, this month is Joshua 1.9. You saw it if you're here in person. You, you walked by it as you came in the auditorium. If you're watching online, you're going to hear it over and over over the next few weeks. Joshua 1.9, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you may go. We're going through this brand new series, The Joshua Generation, and, and we want to make sure that we're laying a good foundation today, what we're about to learn about, not only today, but the coming weeks, how we meet, how we come face to face with the fear, or, or maybe you don't like the word fear, you want to talk about the new challenges. You know, this last week we celebrated over 35 people that are moving from high school into college or the next season of life. They graduated and, and people graduating from college moving into their profession. And, and these are new challenges that they all plan for, right? These are all new challenges that they've been counting down the days of when they're gonna be able to take that next step. And, and for a lot of us, we've been doing the same. Maybe you're starting a new business this year and you've been just looking forward to this day for a long time. Or, or maybe uh, you've been looking forward to planning a family and, and your family is starting to grow. But for a lot of us, we're gonna come face to face with, with a challenge that we didn't plan for, that we didn't anticipate, something with our health or something in our job that just comes out of the blue that we just were not anticipating, and we want to look at how we can take head on these challenges in a way that honors God. We all watched the news this last week uh, in Texas as we looked to this, this elementary school which, that was just ravaged by such tragedy, and we recognize in this 
that this is a spiritual battle that we're all in. When we look at the news, we think all to ourselves, how are we supposed to respond? What am I supposed to put on social media? How am I supposed to go and tell my kids to go to school? And we look at how we're, we're responding to this, and I wanna encourage us that we would respond not only to that situation, but whatever may come against us in a way that honors God, in a way that recognizes that we're all in a spiritual battle and we're uniting all across the world with churches everywhere in a way that we're uniting in prayer, we're, we're uniting in, in our vision for what God has called us to, to live life in an honoring way. If we look to Joshua 1, we're gonna catch up with the story of Joshua. And just a little bit of background on Joshua is this. Joshua was born into slavery there in Egypt. He lived his first 40 years where every day he would wake up and go to bed and he just knew the brutality of what it was to live this life enslaved to the Egyptian people. At 40 years of age, he walked out and he followed Moses as, as Moses freed them and they walked towards their promised land. And Joshua followed along with Moses for 40 years. They wandered in the desert. So we're catching up with Joshua here when he's 80 years old. And for 80 years, he's grown in, in his faith. He's grown in what he's seen, but he's had a front row seat to watching Moses living out this life of leadership and living out this way as he guided the people towards the promised land. As he was 80 years old, he was taking on a challenge that he never imagined that he would walk into. He was taking on this new challenge. And if you were there, I can imagine the feeling of the anticipation, just the fear, the anxiety that all went behind it. We're gonna start reading here in Joshua 1, verses 1 through 9. And after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River and into the land I am about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the, the desert of Lebanon all the way to the great river of the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. Now one will be able to, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. As we look to this scripture, and we're going to look at a few more today, we quickly see a great picture of to follow, not only in leadership and in how we're supposed to live our life and how we're supposed to live a courageous life. Our main idea as we look at it today, and I want you to take this home with you, is that courage is a choice. It is not a feeling. Courage is a choice. It is not a feeling. And today we're gonna look at four principles of living a courageous life. The very first one is courage isn't the absence of fear but it's the presence of faith. Whenever we come face to face with a challenge, whenever we come face to face with whatever it is, the fear, the great fears that we have, we can count on the promise of God's presence. Joshua 1.5, it says this, no one will be able to stand against you all the days 
of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. As we look at this, we can easily say to ourselves, well, this is a promise for Joshua. And before that, it was just a promise for Moses, right? It was just one of these things. And when they died, that promise died. But that's not the case. Some of you may recognize those words from the book of Matthew 28, where Jesus said this, as he was giving the great commission to his disciples, he was ascending into heaven and, and his last message to the disciples were to, to make disciples of this world, to go and baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, to, to grow the kingdom of God. And his last words to them were the, these words of encouragement, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. These words of encouragement and this promise that God is with us is not one just for that moment for Joshua, but is with us today. God tells us, Jesus tells us there that he is with us to the very end of the age. In, most, in Psalms 102, it says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When I look at this story of Joshua and Moses and they're walking around the desert with the Israelites, I really see a story of spiritual stagnation. I don't know about you, but I can imagine the frustration that it is to walk around the desert for 40 years in seemingly aimless direction. The distance from Egypt to Israel uh, is about 200 miles. And theologians and historians, they both agree that it would take about 11 days to walk this distance. Yet the Israelites wandered around the desert for 40 years. This is a speed of about 100 yards a day. I can imagine for them the frustration that grew as they were setting up camp only to look back in the direction to see where they were that morning. Just to know you're going at such a slow pace and, and their frustrations grew and all that. And, and many times, even in their travels, they came to this very same spot before. They were on the border of their blessing. They could see the promised land before. And I can imagine the place that they were at. And I see a great story of spiritual stagnation. For all you Clemson fans in here, uh, there was a great story from one of your ADs in the past, early 60s and 70s, Frank Howard. You know, they were adding several sports to their lineup, and, and a reporter asked him, he said, you know, what about the sport rowing? And Frank replied with, we aren't going to have no sport where you sit down and go backwards. The man of many words there. But I can imagine the Israelites felt the same way. We're just sitting down and we're moving backwards. We're not going anywhere. You know, courage isn't the absence of fear, but it's the presence of faith and moving forward in what God has called you to. Pastor Will was talking about that. Walking into our purpose is what we're called to do. Secondly, courage is a daily choice to do things God's way. Courage is a daily choice to do things God's way. In verse 7, it says, To be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you may go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips, to meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. As we walk through today and the weeks that are to come, we need to know as we look to this story that Joshua is not the main character. 
Joshua is not the main character of this story. And likewise, Moses, and when we look to Exodus, Moses was not the main character. The main character of this story is the God that Joshua and Moses and the God that we've all come into this room to worship. God the Father, the creator of this universe, is the main character of this story. And Joshua recognized this. You know, Moses, before he was charged with leading the Israelites, he argued back and forth with God, telling God all the reasons why he wasn't qualified to step into that way of leadership. Moses, he was telling him, you know, I'm not not a great speaker. I've never done this before. All these things, all these reasons of why he wasn't able to do this. And Joshua was the same. Joshua followed Moses day in and day out. He became second in command of the Israelites. And he was one of Moses' closest confidants. And in doing that one of his jobs that Joshua had was to help lead in a spiritual way. Not only was he a great warrior in their army, but he was also a great spiritual leader among the Israelites. And one of his jobs was to stand guard of Moses' tent outside of the camp. You see, we read the story of Moses, and Moses came face to face with God many times. The the burning bush, and, and when Moses had the Ten Commandments, and he walked down the mountain, we see all these moments where Moses was face to face with God. But there were also many moments that were not recorded in the Bible, and Joshua had a front seat for seeing all of those moments. Moses had this tent set up outside of camp, and every night he would go to that tent, and he would meet with the Lord. He would pray with God. He would seek God for vision of of where he's to go next and what he's to do next and how he's supposed to lead these people. As the Israelites brought all their problems and all their issues and laid them at his desk, Joshua saw that Moses didn't go to his own abilities, but he went to God for direction of how to lead these people. And Joshua was very aware if he was going to lead the Israelites anywhere, especially into the promised land, that he needed to be in tune with what God was saying. This scripture here that we just read, it encourages encourages us to meditate on God's word, to meditate on it day and night. Meditation is so much more than prayer. Meditation is waking up in the morning and thinking about God's purpose for your day. Meditation is is going to bed at night and thinking about what God has called you to in the coming days and the weeks ahead. Meditation is thinking about God's purpose. It is so much more than a conversation, but it is a way of life. And meditating on God's word is what we are called to do here. We know that courage is, is a daily choice to do things God's way. And maybe you, you can identify with Joshua. Maybe you're sitting there and you're sitting in your marriage and you're sitting in your job situation. You're sitting in this, this moment of, of, of worry about your health and you're thinking, there is no way I can get through this challenge without uh, God by my side. I can't do this on my own. I can't get past this obstacle. I've been praying over this name that's been on the window for years and I'm not seeing any kind of results And like Joshua, we have to realize that we have to do things God's way, that we have to align our spirit with God. Proverbs 5 through 6, it says, To trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding, but in all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. As we go through this passage in Joshua, we're told and we're encouraged, we're compelled by God to have courage, to be strong and courageous three times. This message is told to us. We have to realize that courage is a daily choice. We have to wake up every day to choose courage and to move things in God's way. Third, courage grows when we rest in God's promises. You know, it can be tempting to think when we see this point to rest in God's promises that uh, we can just rest and we can be complacent wherever we're at. 
I think that's kind of where the Israelites found themselves many times. It can be comfortable to, to be complacent, right? It can be comfortable to just sit in the same place day in and day out. And, and the Israelites were certainly there. Even in their wandering around the desert, there were many times where they just protested to Moses, let's just go back to Egypt. Everything was better in Egypt when we were enslaved and they had no uh, idea of what freedom was and they just lived this brutal life. They were asking to go back because it is what they knew and the unknown ahead was, was so much more fearful for them to encounter than, than what was before them and, or that had gone before them. I can imagine walking around in this time and, and seeing all these things. But what God isn't saying to Joshua is, hey, Joshua, whenever you step across that river, whenever you take your first step into the promised land, things are going to be much, much easier. That's not what Joshua is hearing from God. In fact, he knows when he crosses into the promised land, there's going to be many challenges. There's going to be many things that are expected and unexpected across the way. And, and as he walks into that, Joshua is taking comfort that he is walking into God's promise. You know, the theologian Augustine, he said this, Lord, ask what you want, but give what you ask. As we go in our life, when God asks us to do something, he's calling us to be courageous. When God has purposed you to step into a school and to lead a classroom of students, he has purposed you and he's called you to be courageous in doing that. And when you're leading in the, in the community as a business leader, when you're taking a step of faith and starting your own business, God is calling you to be courageous in what he has called you to. You know, he doesn't just send us on our way, but he is with us always. When God says go, he's not sending us somewhere, but he is taking us on a journey. When God calls us to do something, to, to go to action and to do this, our actions are not for him, but he's promising to work in us and through us for his glory. Psalm 55, 22, it says, to cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Courage is resting in God's promises. Our fourth point here is that courage is displayed by following God wherever he leads. If we fast forward in the story, Joshua chapter 1, verse 16 through 18, it says this, Then they answered Joshua, Whatever you have commanded us to do, this is the Israelites talking to Joshua, Whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so will we obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Now, I started off this, this message talking about my daughter and her ninth birthday, and I'm so proud of the young woman that she's becoming and it's exciting to watch that. And I can remember back nine years ago this weekend what that was like. We welcomed into her into this world. And my wife and I, uh, we became parents for the very first time. And if you have children, you understand all the emotions that that involves and the anxieties, the fears. You're just going to let me walk out of this hospital with this grown or this little, this real person. And you're, you're supposed to just let me go on my way and figure this thing out. You know, all the fears that you have in doing that and there's all kinds of excitement, too, and a joy that you can't explain and the love that you feel as you hold that baby. Everything seemed to be great in that moment, but within our own lives, there was just a lot of question. You know, we had these moments here at the church. At the time, I was a student pastor here, and, 
And there was just all sorts of, of question around that. I just was so frustrated in that job. And, and I got called into the office one day a, a couple weeks after she was born. And I was talking with my direct report. And, you know, Pastor Marty this last week talked about being fired as a youth pastor. And that being really a moment that set him and, and Patty on a new trajectory. And while I wasn't being fired, I was certainly being asked to move and change my role here at the church. And if I can be honest with you, I was so mad. I was so frustrated. I was so embarrassed. I couldn't feel like for the last two, three years in that role, I'd been doing exactly what I'd been asked to do. I I felt like I was exactly where God had called me to be, and, and nothing seemed to be working out. I was exactly like the Israelites. I was moving about, and it was like I was running in quicksand and just going nowhere. Maybe you've been there before. Maybe you found yourself in a place where you're trying to do everything the right way. You're trying to live the right way, but it's just not going the way you planned it. You know, verse 3, it says this in Joshua 1. I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon And from the great river, the Euphrates, all the way through the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. We can look at this and kind of move past it because we don't really know what that land is on the map. But if you look at this, this is 300,000 square miles of land in the Middle East that the Israelites were promised. At their height, at their heyday, the Israelite people, under the rule of of King David and under the rule of King Solomon, they possessed 30,000 square miles of land. 10% of what God had promised them, they had walked into. If you look to other areas in Scripture, it it talks about why that is and that, you know, God wasn't just going to open the door into the promised land and let them walk into everything at one moment. But it was going to be little by little that they were going to walk into what his promises were for them. But still, to this day, they've only ever possessed 10 percent of what God promised them back then. But it goes to this Scripture. It's where their foot set ground. It's where they walked that God opened the doors for them. And that can be the same for us today. You know, for me, Pastor Marty, he talks about it. And he talks about working through our own flesh, working through our own abilities. And we all have abilities in here. We're all smart. We're all gifted in different areas. And that's exactly where I was nine years ago. I was doing everything on my own. I was trying to, to, to lead a ministry on my own. I'd lost sight of, of, of submitting myself to what God had called me to do. Maybe that's where you are today. Now, I want to make sure that you know this isn't necessarily like a prosperity twist. If you're going to walk into a bank, God's not going to give you all the money in the bank. That's not what I'm saying today. But God is going to direct us as he has called us to. What is our promised land? What does God purpose us to live? I was doing ministry all on my own. I was doing ministry under my own ability, and I needed to be reminded that my call wasn't to myself. I wasn't called to what I wanted to do. I wasn't called to what somebody else wanted me to do. But I was called to what God wanted me to do. What are you called to do today? 
today at the bottom of your notes, if you're following along in you version, or maybe you're, you're online, um, there's the last little note there is going to be our challenge for you. And all across all of our campuses, we're ending our messages like this. And I want you to take just a few moments over the last little bit of this service to think about this statement. Today I choose to, and then fill in that blank. Maybe for you it's to, today I'm going to give my life to Christ. Maybe for you, it's today I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna read the Bible. Maybe it's following in that purpose or, or figuring out what that is next that you're to do. Today I choose joy. I've been so lost, I've been so filled with anxiety and fear what other people are thinking, being trying to do life on my own, trying to do life for others that I've forgotten to just have joy in what God has called me to and to rest in his promise for my life. We're all sons and daughters of, of God, and, and God has called us to live out this purpose. I want to encourage you to write in your notes. Maybe it's just taking out your phone, and this is what I did. I set an alarm, and on my alarm, it says, today, I'm, what is God's purpose for me today? Instead of alarm or whatever that title is, uh, wake up, my alarm name is, what is God's purpose for today? Maybe it's setting a reminder like that or, or writing on your bathroom mirror or on your card that you can put in your wallet. But figuring out, today I choose to follow God. As we pray here in a moment, I want you to think about what that is, what God has called you to. Are you in a place like I was nine years ago and just doing life on your own? Lord, we come before you today. We pray that you are with us in this room. And as we set off in this not new Joshua generation message in this series, God, we pray that you would just awaken our hearts. That as we find our, ourselves in a spiritually stagnant place, God, I pray that you would open up our hearts to just something new. God, as we find ourselves in a place of just going in circles and wandering around and it's seemingly aiming, aimless, God, I pray that you would open up a direction that we would trust in you, that we'd follow in your ways. God, for those of us in this room and that are watching online, where our next step, where our choice for the day is to accept you, I just pray that we would pray this prayer. Pray along with me if you'd like to accept Christ into your life. Lord Jesus, forgive me. Come into my life. Lead me and guide me. God, give me a purpose to follow you. God, we thank you for who you are. God, we lift up who you are. God, for the rest of us in this room, whatever that, that blank is, God, maybe it's that we're choosing to follow after you. Maybe it's choosing to have courage in general, that we're just living this defeated life, that we're just living this life where we can never make up ups or downs about it. We can't figure out what it is next for us. And God, we pray that you would give us courage, that we would have courage to follow you. God, that we would have courage to follow after your call. And God, for us in this room that are just looking for a purpose, God, as we pray throughout this week and we set our alarms and we set those reminders, God, I pray that you would just put it on our hearts, that we would be able to discover your purpose for us that we would come to realize that we are not called to, to live the life on our own, that we are not called to live a life for ourselves. It is countercultural as it may seem, God, we are called to live a life purposed in what your destiny is for us. God, and for us that are just running ragged because we're doing life on our own, God, I pray that we would be able to rest in your promises that we would be able to give our lives to you, that we would be able to submit ourselves to you, 
God, that we would be able to rest in what you have promised us and promised us to do. God, we thank you for that. We thank you for your promises. And most importantly, we thank you for the, the command to be strong and courageous, to live a life, to not fear, but that we are able to walk in what you have called us to. It's in your mighty name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to stevenscreekchurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.